This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I'm so fired up for today because we've got Robinson Smith back. That's right. Robinson Smith, president of Smith Consulting Group, best-selling author of Master Your Mortgage for Financial Freedom, and son to Fraser Smith, as they say, the man behind it all, the man that invented the Smith Maneuver, which we get into today, all about using tapping the equity in your home to build financial freedom and generational wealth. This is a great conversation. I love this conversation. Um, I love the fact Robinson Smith, he has a has had a long career in finance and in uh, wealth management. And now he is basically carrying forward the legacy of his father, teaching Canadians how to unlock uh, wealth that they, you know, that they currently were, were or, or they previously weren't able to tap into. And uh, he's got some really great strategies. And this show is all about that. Yeah. And the other uh, exciting component is we had Robinson Smith on the show. That was pre-COVID. I feel like it was a lifetime ago. He was in the studio. This time uh, he's coming to us from the island. We beamed him into Kokomo Studios. But we are in a very different environment, right? So in the current interest rate environment, how does it play out with the Smith Maneuver? Does it make sense? Uh, we cover that today. It's uh, it, it's all around, yeah, really exciting conversation. So stay tuned for that. For sure. And we before we get to that, Matt, uh, there's something that I want to double click on here, which is the new David Eby strata rules around rentals. This is This is big. I think this is big. I'm not so sure it's Huge. that big for supply, actually, but I, I feel like nonetheless, this is a this is a big move removing rental restrictions apart from a one month to to avoid Airbnbs, uh, but removing rental restrictions in strata properties. Yeah, you know, and and I've been kind of digesting this uh, from afar. Uh, I knew it was coming. Uh, we've been talking about this even on the show now for. A few years, right. um, this idea, and uh, you know, it, it was it was an obvious move. It took maybe a little bit longer than uh, we both expected. Definitely, but here it is. So let's uh, let's just talk. I mean, we don't have really a list of of the the positives, but we have a few ideas on it. So why don't we talk a little bit about how this might benefit both homeowners, potential purchasers, and of course the market? Well, yeah, I mean, it is worth. Uh, repeating, you know, this potentially does unlock some units that were sitting empty because from the BC spec and vacancy tax up until this point, you did not, you weren't subject to that tax if uh, you were unable to rent the property out. So there is just a, the general add more housing, which we're big fans of here at the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. So, And, and one other point, of course, um, and this is before we get to the kind of real estate related, but I think just generally from a, a social society perspective, this stigmatizes renters, right? And over 50% of people in Vancouver are going to be lifelong renters. That's just the facts now. It seems to me uh, like a very positive move forward uh, from a societal perspective to move away from the essentially stigmatizing uh, over half the population and saying, you can't live here. Yeah, you can't live here as if there's an assumption that you won't take care of the building or um, you won't you won't uh, live. Second class you know, citizens, with, right? Yeah, that that <laughs> that uh, doesn't interrupt someone else's life or something to that effect. Right. So, yeah, it, it is good to do away with that. But let's get to how this is going to actually have implications for the market. Well, here's a question for you, Adam. How do you think this plays out for somebody looking to sell a property? Well, for one, uh, I you know, if you were restricted on uh, renting, you might actually be selling your home uh, because you can't rent it out, 
right? So on, on the one hand, I think this now gives uh, somebody the ability to keep real estate and keep it rented. So um, we, we've often talked on this show about how um, many people have been successful in leaving a trail of properties behind them. So buying that one bedroom or that bachelor unit, um, potentially you couple up and or your income goes up and you you can maybe pull some of the equity out of that home and purchase a new property, but keep your former property as a rental. So it, it's going to get easier for people to do that, I think, which is which is overall, I think, a, a net positive for people that are are looking to be in real estate and uh, generate wealth. Well, and build generational wealth through having more options of of how they can proceed through the market, right? Sure. Um, it, now, if so, so that's one thing. It gives it gives more options for for current owners and future owners of these properties, which I think is is fantastic. If people are going to sell a property that was rental restricted uh, and is is now wide open, uh, what is the impact? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is is that you, there's there's a larger market now for that product because when you think about it. Um, a lot of people will not consider buildings that have rental restrictions, even if they plan to occupy the unit, just because they have a strategy where at some point they want the ability to rent it out. Perhaps they're, uh, they think they might get relocated um, work-wise, or, or perhaps they think that they'll grow out of it and, and they want to keep it. But um, there is going to be a bigger market for all product now because because you're not only getting people that are end users, but you're also getting investors or investor-minded end users, right? right. So um, from that perspective, I think uh, it's going to open the market up. We might see uh, an increase in the value of that type of property. We might see properties that would have hung around on the market a little bit longer sell quicker. Yeah. You know, I saw somebody say uh, somewhere on social media or something uh, that, you know, basically there's a 10% bump uh, if rentals are allowed, I'm not so sure it's that cut and dry, but I do think you're right. The market's larger, uh, the product generally, the homes generally sell faster and, and there is definitely a premium, uh, if you have the ability to rent those, those properties out. You know, one other thing that I've been thinking about a lot is, and, you know, people that want to potentially rent out these properties, I think in the last couple of years, we've helped tons of people that were, are not originally from Vancouver, uh, you know, often in the tech space, have been in Vancouver for five years, want to make it uh, home, but are not necessarily certain they're going to be here forever. Uh, sure. And and those are the type of people that are basically have no access to property or very little access to property in Kits, in Fairview, in the West End, in much of Mount Pleasant, in in the older product east of Maine. You know, these really choice neighborhoods that that a lot of people want to live in. But there's rental restrictions almost across the board. So I think another thing, at least in the city of Vancouver, is this opens up areas for for people looking to buy real estate and live in the areas they actually want to be in. Well, it's you know a lot of people that and and just to to, to restate that point a little bit or unpack it, I should say, um, there there's a lot of people that reach out to us that want the ability to rent it. And they're, you know, they love Fairview, for example, but a lot of those older buildings in Fairview have rental restrictions, right? It's maybe the percentage of, of, uh, of units that can be rented at, at one time. It's per- possibly no rentals allowed at all. Um, so there's, there, there, and some buildings just have really wonky restrictions <laughs> yeah. across the board, right? So, I mean, and that, and, and you're absolutely right. I think it's going to open up a lot of kind of 70s, 80s, and 90s product. In, in some of the best areas, kind of the collar neighborhoods around uh, around downtown where that are super desirable and great buildings as well. So I, I, I'm kind of excited and I'm excited specifically about the Burr method um, and, and the potential for some units in older buildings that need a refresh and that will now be allowed to be rented. Um, but we'll have to probably, and, I, and I'm going to just mention this because I think they'll have to be held for a period of time because my guess is there's a flipping tax. Um, there's been hints of a flipping tax right. or a graduated tax. Yeah, on maybe even more homes. aggressive than hints. Yeah, I think it's probably yeah, coming. It's it's coming, and 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 it might be sometime in in the in the new year. But 
Um, my my feeling is that uh, you know there'll be a graduated tax where you'll have to pay the tax unless you hold the property for two years uh, or more, right? Or uh, some percentage of the tax at least. So I guess my my thinking here is this might create an opportunity for somebody that wants to buy in an older in an older building that now allows rentals in a in a top notch location. You know, rehab it, rent it out, uh, refinance. And then, uh, and then repeat. So I, I think there, there is a potential uh, opportunity that's going to be created out of some of these uh, policies that are coming into effect. For, for, for investment-minded buyers, right? So basically, as far as I understand here, this is good for a number of reasons. More supply, less stigma, more options for, for current owners, more options for, for people looking to get into the market and looking in areas that are very desirable. And last but not least, as you as you said, for investment-minded owners or just investors straight up, Fairview, Kits, Mount Pleasant, these are areas where in older buildings, there's a lot of units that need renovations. There's no doubt about it. And, and there could be some opportunity there. I also feel like there's going to be a lot of angry people in their 70s coming out of this. <laughs> Uh, you know, it always I uh, I always go back to Kit Sauter for whatever reason, uh, generational war on the Broadway corridor that episode because he was the one who first really put it into into focus how much of this is generational, but uh, but uh, for the most part I think onward and upward here. Fantastic. Well, Matt, without further ado, why don't we cut to our conversation with Robinson Smith? Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sonehouse offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at marcon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at marconhomes. Marcon, building for life. Okay, so we're here with Robinson Smith, president of Smith Consulting Group Limited and best-selling author with uh, the book, Master Your Mortgage for Financial Freedom. How you doing, Robinson? I'm 100%. Yourself, guys? Very very well, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we should say past guest uh, fan favorite, Robinson. You were back, you were on the show back when we were in a different studio and a different time. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, uh, interest rates were were lower. Uh, everyone was happier, it seems. I <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. That was, that was quite a while ago. I came into your, came into your studio there and had a bit of a chat. So, so a pleasure to be with you guys again. Robinson, can you start maybe for listeners that, that, that haven't heard you on the show before, uh, by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, born in Halifax, raised in Vancouver, Went to UVic, got a double major in Chinese and economic studies, uh, MBA in international business from Simon Fraser University. I was um, working overseas for a good number of years uh, until 2006, and I came back from from China at that time to work alongside my dad, Fraser, uh, as an investment advisor here in Victoria. So I did, uh, did the investment advisory game for a dozen years before I sold my practice uh, in order to be able to get out to Canadian homeowners uh, all across the country to at least make them aware that the strategy of the Smith Mover exists. 
And so that's, um, you know, my, my book came out in, in 2019. Uh, I started the Smith Mover Certified Professional Accreditation Program. And so I've just been spending half my time generating awareness uh, across the country and half my time supporting the uh, Smith Mover Certified Professionals in the network. For listeners who missed you on the program last time, Robinson, what is the Smith Maneuver? Yeah, well, basically, in Canada, we've got two pretty important financial goals as individuals. One, if we own a home. Uh, one, we want to get rid of that mortgage. It's, it's expensive. It takes a big cut of our paycheck each and every month. But we also want to save for our future. And due to limited resources, we, we tend to focus on on paying out our mortgage because if if we don't invest for our future nobody cares but if we don't pay our mortgage somebody does care so so that's what we do we we pay out our mortgage over the course of time at the expense of not getting invested for our future and so this sequential approach first the mortgage then investing uh, it can lead to some some damaging places when we go to retire right we're having to work in our retirement uh, sign up for reverse mortgage being financially reliant on our children being forced to downsize and what the Smith Maneuver does, it's, it's been in constant use in Canada for close to 40 years now. But what the Smith Maneuver does is allows us to take advantage of the existing cash flows that we have in order to pay out that expensive non-deductible mortgage debt faster than otherwise possible and simultaneously invest for our future. So the, the strategy, once implemented, the homeowner is going to see a few beneficial things happen right away. They're going to they're be reducing their tax bill. That's going to allow them to prepay their mortgage at least once a year with the tax relief. Uh, plus, they're only generating this tax relief because they are getting invested each and every month starting now. So we see these, these beneficial results happen um, immediately. They, they start now and they accrue exponentially over time. Our tax refunds over time get bigger. Uh, the mortgage melts away faster and our investment portfolio grows uh, grows quicker as well. So it's a, it's a financial strategy for Canadian homeowners who ob- obtain the correct type of financing to really take advantage of their existing cash flows. It doesn't require any additional cash flow from the homeowner, but we're just restructuring their personal finances to see all these benefits occur. So, so can we maybe talk about uh, like a step-by-step process of, of how one would employ this uh, maneuver? Sure. Firstly, the, the homeowner requires a readvanceable mortgage. Uh, now, pretty much all the lenders out there, uh, banks, the monolines, they offer a readvanceable mortgage, but they're not all created equal. Uh, there's different prepayment allowances. Uh, there's different functioning and, and transactions required. And so there's there's a whole bunch of things to consider, but that's why we have Smith Maneuver Certified Professional Mortgage Brokers. They can help guide you with getting the correct readvanceable mortgage for your personal situation. But this specific type of mortgage, it's like any other type of mortgage in the fact that I go out and I borrow $500,000, I, I buy my house, and I have to pay that $500,000 off over time, maybe over 25, 30 years. So that's that's what we generally think of when we hear the term mortgage. But a readvanceable mortgage has that component plus a home equity line of credit attached to it. So it's got the two sides to the mortgage. And what the readvanceable portion allows is that whenever we make a mortgage payment, of course, some of that goes to interest to the bank. That's the price we pay for borrowing their money to buy the house. But some of that payment reduces principal. And on the HELOC side, these two sides speak to each other. So the HELOC recognizes that I just made a payment against that, that amortizing portion that $500,000 balance is now 499000 So the HELOC says, well, you just paid it down over there. I'll let you get back at it over here. So the limit on the line of credit increases dollar for dollar. Now, what most Canadians do with this type of mortgage, you know, they've, they've got it. They don't know why they have it. Maybe the bank mortgage specialist put them into this or their broker didn't instruct them how to most effectively use this type of mortgage. So when they see on the monthly statement that their HELOC, their limit has increased $1,000, they say, fantastic, that's a, that's a five-series BMW payment. And so they go out and they, they make a payment each month because this occurs every month. When I pay it down on one side, it opens up on the other. So they pull it to make car payments, go on vacation. They pull it to do any number of, of things which are related to consumption, borrowing to buy assets which are depreciating in value over time. 
And plus, because they borrowed to consume, the interest on that is non-deductible. So all these Canadians are doing is paying down expensive bad debt on one side and replacing it with expensive bad debt on the other side. However, if in Canada we borrow with the reasonable expectation of generating income, we can deduct the interest on that borrowing. So what the Smith Maneuver says is when you make that mortgage payment and you pay down that non-deductible side by 1000 you can borrow back that $1,000, but you get it invested. You don't buy toys. You get it invested. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, mixed rates, real estate, all these invest in your business, somebody else's business. Many different uh, types of investments qualify for deductible interest. And so let's just say I pull $1,000 each month to buy uh, a mutual fund. It could be anything. Let's say I pull 1000 bucks to buy a mutual fund. I'm doing this each and every month and starting right away. But because I'm borrowing to invest, I can deduct the interest on that borrowing. And at tax time, when we hand in our tax return, the, the government says, the CRA says, well, you know, we took too much off your paycheck every two weeks. We didn't know you had these deductions going on. So we need to send you money back. So that's your, t- your tax refund. So this is money you otherwise wouldn't receive. If you're doing the Smith Maneuver, you take that tax refund and make a prepayment against your mortgage. And then you can borrow that amount as, back to invest as well. So as you can see there, each month we're paying down the bad debt, pulling back good debt to get invested each and every month, taking advantage of compound growth. We're generating those tax deductions, which lead to extra money that I can use to prepay my mortgage. And all of these things are occurring at the same time. So Robinson, with this example of somebody with a $500,000 mortgage able to take $1,000 a month from their HELOC and invest. When we're talking about the deduction when it comes to interest or deductible interest, how much money are, is that actually in terms of tax savings? Like, And not not to the penny, but just generally speaking. Well, generally, like, like I mentioned early on, it, it increases over time. But, you know, I can, once I've converted my mortgage from bad debt to good debt, maybe I've got $15,000 of tax deductions, right, th- through the interest or more. Through the, through the interest I've been paying, the deductible interest. And if I'm at the 50% marginal tax rate, just for ease of math, because I'm not a mathematician, mm-hmm. you know, that's a $7,500 tax refund. And so this is $7,500 back that I'm receiving for simply restructuring my existing cash flows. I'm not taking any additional money out of pocket. And that's, that's the, the challenge with traditional investment advice we, we we think to ourselves, okay, it's time for me to take action. I'm going to go talk to an investment advisor. Hey, how can I improve my financial situation? Oh, well, you've got to, you've got to contribute more to your registered uh, investments. You've got to come up with more money to uh, buy non-registered investments. Come up with more money to pay down your mortgage. Come up with more money to reduce your consumer debt. And all of these require more money. But that's the challenge, is that in Canada, with increasing taxes all these sorts of things that are happening to us in the economy and in our lives, growing families, we don't have that excess cash flow. So it makes it very difficult to get ahead the traditional methods. But the Smith Maneuver frees up this money so that we don't have to come out of pocket. And these tax deductions, they, they start off small because I'm investing 1000 bucks a month for the first 12 months, right? The interest that, that goes to service that isn't huge, but that accelerates over time because year two, I've invested a total of 24 grand and then it's 36 and it grows and the interest on that grows and it's tax deductible. So does my refund. So, and so a few things about how to invest these, this money from the HELOC, it has to be generating income. There has to be the reasonable expectation of generating income. Now, I was an investment advisor. I dropped my license, so I'm not providing any investment advice for sure, anybody. Neither here. are we. Yeah, correct. But the, the, the tax act says that if I, if I borrow to invest in something that either does generate income or has the possibility of generating income, I can deduct the interest. So here we need to be careful. We want to we enlist, enlist professionals, the tax professionals, investment professionals. Uh, and we've got Smith Maneuver certified professional accountants, uh, certified investment advisors, et cetera. But, you know, sometimes you you may think, okay, I'm going to borrow to invest in this. And then you find out later that you can't deduct the interest. And an example of that is gold bullion. 
because you know I'm, I'm investing in gold, am I not? Well, yes, you are, but there's not a reasonable expectation of generating income from that gold bullion because it's a lump of metal that sits in your safe or on your desk or in your drawer. You can't generate income from that. And in many cases, it's the same thing with raw land. Raw land isn't generating any income. It could in the future, but it's not right now. It's, it's vacant. So, so it's important to get the, the right advice. And, and other things will qualify for deductible interest where you think maybe it wouldn't, like um, an equity fund, for example, um, a mutual fund, uh, a specific type of mutual fund called an equity fund. They don't pay out dividends typically, but there's nothing that prevents them from paying out dividends uh, in the future. Maybe they have a banner year. So there is the reasonable potential that in the future it could. So I can deduct the interest off, off that uh, borrowing. So there's the universe of potential qualifying investments is, is huge, but you got to make sure that you understand uh, going into it whether you can definitively or cannot deduct interest on money borrowed to invest in that product. If you're in terms of investing, you mentioned RSP, TFSA. Are you able to use these vehicles to invest when you're using the Smith Maneuver, or is it is it outside of those retirement savings vehicles? Yeah, generally, you want to invest in in open product in non-registered investments, and the reason is if I borrow to contribute to my RRSP. I'm already getting a bunch of tax advantage uh, items on that RSP, that contribution, you know, the initial tax deduction, tax-free growth. So the CRA isn't going to say, look, we're already giving you good stuff on this RSP. We're not, we're not going to also give you deductibility of interest on that. So when we borrow to invest, whether it's by doing the Smith Maneuver, whether it's you know, anywhere along the line, if you borrow to contribute to a registered product, the interest is not tax deductible. So with the Smith Maneuver, you go into non-registered products. And again, there's tons of different types of investments out there. But you can still continue to contribute to your registered investments with after-tax dollars as you have been, if you have been, right? 300 bucks a month in my RRSP, that can continue to happen. When you start to implement the Smith Maneuver, you're simply opening up another 900,000, 1,100, 1,200 bucks a month to invest elsewhere, which will go into non-registered investments. Do you have an example? Is there like a common place where people invest that are, you know, not looking for ultra risky investments using this technique? Well, there. Uh, I mean, a lot of people uh, these days they they want to invest on their own. You know, they've they've seen the commercials where you can retire thirty percent wealthier if you use a discount brokerage and invest on your own. I'm not a huge fan of that. There's there's a lack of advice personalized advice that you you undertake if you invest on your own nonetheless there are lots of people who do it and they're going into index funds these types of things right right but there's other people they like mutual funds other people like to pick stocks other people like investment real estate and so if they're not actually taking a chunk to make a down payment on investment property if they're investing on a monthly basis thousand bucks a month they're going into mix or REITs or those types of investments. So there is no typical investment that people are going into because uh, everybody's different. You know, somebody shouldn't invest in something they don't understand, they're not comfortable with, and, and everybody's comfortable with, with different types of investments. I know a lot of people who love real estate. Uh, I know a lot of people who love equities. So <laughs> it's, really, it's really up to the individual homeowner to get the advice to say, to be able to talk to someone who knows a whole bunch of different types of investments and say, hey, this is what I, I kind of have an understanding of. I'm comfortable with it. Um, is, this, is this suitable for, for what I'm looking to engage in? Robinson, how, how do today's interest rates change investing strategies? And, and should mortgage holders be deleveraging in this environment? Well, the Smith Maneuver was developed by my father back in the mid-80s. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I think... You, you know, think I right now is bad. I, I don't think you two were uh, really investing or owning homes at that time. You guys are young bucks, but I think you do realize that back then interest rates were double digits. And if the Smith Maneuver didn't work when interest rates were high, uh, such as they were back then, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. So the nice thing about the Smith Maneuver is, let's take two scenarios. One, which we've recently gone through uh, a number of years with very low rates. 
the way that the mortgage is structured and the flow of funds, if rates are very low, then it doesn't cost me as much to service the increasing interest expense on that tax-deductible HELOC. And therefore, with a constant regular mortgage payment, I may have $1,500 to invest each month. and I'm still covering all the interest expense uh, on that HELOC, which is growing over time, which is another explanation. It's not coming out of my pocket. But because interest rates are low, my tax relief is a bit lower. So I have less to prepay my mortgage each year. So it takes a bit longer to complete this this debt conversion of non-deductible to tax-deductible. But I have $1,500 to invest each month, take advantage of compound growth. Now, when rates are high, as we're seeing these days, instead of having $1,500 to invest each month, maybe I've got $1,300 to invest each month. So I'm not able to take as much advantage of compound growth because I have a little bit less to invest each month compared to low rates. However, because rates are high, my tax relief is much greater. So now, each year, when my tax refund comes, it's, it's larger than it otherwise would be. And so I have more to prepay my mortgage. I'm getting out of that non-deductible debt faster. And the faster I'm out of non-deductible debt, the faster I can stop making those non-deductible interest payments, which means I'm paying less uh, over the course of time in interest expense. Hey, everyone. Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join typing in VRP 2020. So if people, you know, because I, I feel like, and again, this is sort of in the Twitter sphere or wherever, where, um, you know, people are in the last six months talking generally negatively about people using their HELOCs for either investing or other things. And, oh, hey, ha ha, look at all these, these folks who, <laughs> who got caught. As I understand it here, you know, if you're not over leveraged and you're using the Smith maneuver, all that happens here is you get a bigger tax refund if you're able to stay the course. Yeah, there's there's an emotional side to this. And this is what we're, we're seeing. I mean, people, people who started investing when rates were low, uh, 1500 bucks a month, they're investing. That's great. And, and markets are doing well. They're seeing their investment portfolio rise. Now, when things turn they see their investment portfolio start to go down. And so emotionally, that can be tough on some people. But we have to remember that since the 1950s, since all the indices and stock markets were were built up and started running, markets have always gone up. They have always gone down. And they've, they've never once failed to go higher after a, a, a market drop than they, the previous high before the drop. 
So this is an extremely long-term strategy. This, this is, you can take it to death, which is as long-term as the strategy gets. So you're going to see market volatility. You're going to see interest rates go up, go down. You're going to see inflation go up and go down. So as long as you have this, this long-term view of the strategy, a long-term view of investing, of tax deductibility, you're going to see variations over time. I got more to invest each month. I've got less. I got more. I got less. I've got higher interest expense. I've got less. I've got more. I've got less, right? You're going to see this over time. But, you know, the, the people who, who, who are saying, well, you know, before the market started going down, there were people borrowing to invest. And now there's a ha ha. They're seeing their investment portfolio go down. Well, yeah, of course everybody who has invested has seen their portfolios go down. The nice thing is with the Smith maneuver, I'm investing each and every month. So when Royal bank goes from 130 down to 120, I'm buying with the same 1500 bucks a month. I'm buying more unit, more shares of the stock. Mm -hmm. When it goes down to 120, I'm buying more. This is when stuff is on sale. Good quality items are on sale and investing is probably the only sector or or industry or whatever you want to call it, where when something is on sale, people want to run away. <laughs> right. When, when sneakers or jeans are on sale, they go and buy. Right. And, and, and I think the real estate is, <laughs> that applies to real estate yeah. as well. And investing, uh, you know, people want to run away. And when they're selling, because markets are going down, there's always someone on the other side of that sale. And it's someone who's buying. So, we're dollar cost averaging with the Smith Maneuver each and every month. We're buying quality stuff when it's getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And we just we just got to stick with it. We just got to stick with it. Remember, and this is also why it's, why it's important to, to have an investment advisor or a financial planner or someone of the like is because they know what's going on. They've seen this before. And a, a big part of their job is not just to advise on what to invest in and how to invest, but also to be a psychologist to their client. Right. You know? Um, so we've all, we've all seen this before, you know, back in 08 and, and all that, but you stick with it and, uh, you know, investing works. That That's why it exists. Right. And, and borrowing to invest works. It's how the wealthy get, got wealthy. They understand very, very clearly the difference between two types of debt, non-deductible debt, bad debt, and tax deductible debt, good debt. And they use debt to their advantage. The vast majority of Canadians have grown up with someone older, quote unquote, wiser than them saying, hey, you have to be mortgage free as fast as possible. Be clear title to that house and don't borrow money. Don't, you know. And so now I, I've listened to my uncle and my father and my grandfather and I've paid off my house as fast as I possibly could. And now I've got 700, 800, a million dollars worth of equity earning me absolutely zero percent. In fact, Currently, negative 7%, if that's what inflation actually is. So, you know, if I got $100,000 of equity in my home, it's not doing anything for me. By the end of the year, it's worth $93,000. Now magnify that by $800,000 of equity. So right now, when rates are high, when inflation is high, it's a great time to look at this strategy to say, okay, is this for me? I'm going to read Rob's book. I'm going to look him up on YouTube or, or I'm going to read the articles or listen to podcasts. I'm going to learn this strategy. I'm going to figure out if this is for me. I'm going to talk to professionals. And if it is, if, you know, we've got the Smithman calculator and it, you plug in all the different variations you want, throw in a 3% mortgage rate, throw in a 6% mortgage rate, same with the HELOC side, throw in a 4% investment portfolio growth rate, throw in a 10% portfolio growth rate, and you'll come up with all the numbers. You know, what's your tax relief? How fast are you out of that mortgage? What's your net worth improvement over, over the course of time? So you can play with all this sort, these sorts of things. But the important thing is to remember that rates are high now. They may go a bit higher, but they will come down. And, and same with housing right, right now. We're seeing housing prices in certain parts of the country went way up. They're coming down now. Are they going to come down forever? Are they going to go up forever? I mean, nobody really knows. But we look at the past and say, you know, because that's sort of the best information we, we can use Say, okay, what, what are prices going to do? What are rates going to do inflation? And if I'm investing long-term, can I expect that I'm going to come out ahead? And, uh, you know, as I said, the wealthy understand uh, the use of debt uh, very, very clearly. You know, we look at these, these skyscrapers, downtown Vancouver, or Toronto, or Calgary, you know, with a big company logo at the top, they've got an entire floor dedicated to determining if 
the company has an appropriate amount of debt. And every once in a while, the guy on that floor is going to call up to the CEO's office and say, hey, we don't have enough debt. We got to go, go, we got to go get more debt, <laughs> you know? So it's a, it's, it's a mind shift for a lot of people um, because they've grown up with this, this, they hear the word debt and they picture this big dark cloud above their head and they're not, not able to, you know, determine or understand that there are two types of debt. You have to use good debt wisely. You don't want to use it unwisely, but you can use it to your advantage. So the guy tweeting from his parents' bedroom or basement is uh, still wrong, uh, is, <laughs> so, is what I took so from that answer. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's uh, let's let's move to. Um, I, I'm just trying to think about like when when is there risk associated with employing the Smith maneuver, or or is there risk? And and secondly, um, I'm just thinking here in terms of buffers. Like, presumably, there's people out there that are saying, "Okay, this sounds great to me." But in terms of, you know, if I have $60,000 worth of equity, I'm not sure I want to go all in. Like, what do you say to, you know, the risks yeah. and, and in terms of how to structuring, structuring right. buffers gotcha. and things like that? Uh, risk, there's market risk, as, as we touched on. You know, I used to tell my clients, okay, we're going to buy, we're going to buy this investment uh, tomorrow and the next day it's going to go down. Be prepared for that. And half the time I was wrong, <laughs> right? But markets go up, markets go down. Particular investments go up, they go down. You got to be long term and you don't want to be silly when you're choosing what you're going to invest in. Hey, I'm going to invest in my cousin's internet startup. Well, maybe you want to rethink that, right? But there is market risk, there's rate risk. Rates go up, rates go down. A lot of it is, is behavioral risk. Uh, again, like we talked about, people panicking and, and selling when, when markets go down. Now, what, what you just alluded to, uh, you know, when you said, okay, I've got $60,000 to invest. I don't know if I want to invest it now or whatever the case may be. Uh, that is certainly a scenario that is very often run into. If, if I want to implement the strategy and I've, I've got the wrong type of mortgage, I go talk to a Smith Maneuver certified mortgage broker and I get the right mortgage. And if my house value has come up over, over time and the mortgage I've paid prior has come down a bit, I may have... Fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, maybe two hundred, four hundred thousand dollars of immediately available equity that I could draw and do anything with. Mm. I could buy a Lamborghini and could go around the world four times, or I could invest it. Now, if you're buying a Lamborghini and going around the world, you're not doing a Smith maneuver. But if you invest it, then you're doing one of the accelerators called priming the pump. Now, if I have a hundred thousand dollars of immediately available credit. Firstly, I make a commitment that I'm going to, if I use any, I'm going to invest it in something that's going to qualify for deductible interest. I'm going to get some assistance. I'm going to talk to someone about this. I'm going to do it wisely. I'm not going to blow it. But I have the, the ability to say, I'm going to get all of that invested. I'm going to get half of it invested. I'm going to get none of it invested. If I don't invest any of that, I can still start the Smith maneuver, the plain Jane Smith maneuver, pay it down thousand bucks, borrow back a thousand dollars to invest and always have that a hundred thousand dollars of immediately available credit until I feel more comfortable getting some or all of it invested until there's an investment opportunity that shows up that, that I really want to take advantage of until housing prices come down such the, to the point that I want to take that hundred thousand dollars use it as down payment of my first rental property and then implement the cash flow down accelerator, which is something else entirely. But you know, sometimes people will say, okay, I got $100,000 immediately available equity uh, credit um, after they get into the right type of mortgage. And they may say, you know what, in addition to that thousand bucks a month, I'm going to get invested. I'm also going to take five grand each month of that hundred thousand so that the next month I have $95,000 available credit. Then I have 90,000, but I'm going to get that big chunk invested in the market on a dollar cost average basis as well. And some people will say, I want to take it all and put it on red. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about how to frame this question, Robinson, but we just had an interesting conversation with, uh, with uh, a, a broker in the U S uh, and his, his argument was that right now for Canadians that have a ton of equity in their U S properties, it's a fantastic time to, to take a HELOC and play the currency exchange and deploy uh, that money in Canada in Canadian real estate, right? Especially right now when we've seen softening in the markets, mm -hmm. is there a currency play with the Smith maneuver, or or do you have any thoughts about that? Like, do you see a lot of people maybe deploying uh, uh, into U.S. real estate 
Um, or have you seen success around that? Or, or is it applicable uh, in any way for properties that you own outside of the outside of Canada? Uh, well, firstly, the Smith maneuver is a, is a Canada only strategy because the the Americans can already deduct a good portion of their mortgage interest, whereas we Canadians can't. This is why my dad right. came up with the strategy. Right. So it doesn't apply to Americans. It applies to Canadians who own their principal residence because we've got this problem. We've got all this non-deductible debt. We want to make it tax deductible. We want to generate all the other benefits as well. When it comes to deciding what to invest in, again, I'm not uh, I'm not giving any personal advice here, a licensed advice or anything like that. This is where you want to talk to someone who is licensed, an investment advisor, an accountant, that sort of thing. But you don't have to, I'm quite certain, invest in Canadian only investments to qualify for deductible interest. So you want to check if I if I want to buy a piece of property in the US with money borrowed, can I still deduct the interest? And I think you're going to find the answer is yes, because there's expectation of generating income from that, even though it's not a Canadian investment. Now there's other tax implications involved with buying overseas properties and stuff like that, but Really having a discussion with someone who understands uh, taxation, like a tax professional, uh, I'm sure you're going to find that the, the universe of qualifying investments is is quite large and does not have to remain in Canada. So if you're if you're making a U.S. investment and collecting U.S. USD rent, then that's where that that currency exchange would would benefit you. Well, yes, there's that. I mean, the, the whole currency exchange play. Uh, I never, I never did any of that. I, I don't know enough about that. Some people who who will and who implement the strategy will be able to seek out the right type of professional to to be sure that if I'm playing a currency game, that I can still deduct the interest. Uh, but really, it falls back to the expectation of generating income. Does it generate income, your investment activity, or does it have the potential to? Right. Got it. Well, Robinson, uh, that's uh, that, that's fantastic. Maybe we'll leave it there, but we do have this segment called the Five Wire, Five Lighthearted Questions to End the Show. Can you stick around for that? Yes, I can. Just don't ask me any tough ones. <laughs> the Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, that sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full-service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. And uh, we are uh, big fans of your book. So maybe we'll say, we'll, we'll, for the first question, we'll say your book excluded, although everyone should go out and, and buy that book. That's for sure. One other book you would recommend? Oh, well, it's, it's uh, one other book would be my father's, Is Your Mortgage Tax Deductible, which came out in 2002, but I don't think you're going to accept that one either. <laughs> um, <laughs> How many family uh, I, books are there here? Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the book I'm going to say is not personal finance related. It's Zen and the Art of Mar- Motorcycle Maintenance. I'm a biker myself, um, and I read that book when I was I think 19 years old traveling New Zealand and Australia really opened my eyes. Change the the course. uh, Presumably I feel like I, I remember that having an impact on a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In the last five years, what new belief behavior or habit has most improved your life? Just do it. You know, I had, uh, I had a very successful investment advisory and, um, but it, it, I, it was so successful that I didn't have time to take on new clients, which means I wasn't getting in front of Canadian homeowners saying there is help and here's what it is and educating and that sort of thing. So I was stuck behind a desk watching the, the, the investment portfolios of my clients. And I never grew up as a little child saying I want to sit in front of a screen all day. So what I really wanted to do is educate. And so I made the decision to sell my business. And I remember taking my wife out to the white spot because I'm a big spender. And I, I reached across the table, I grabbed her hands, uh, and we were doing very well. We were very comfortable. And I said, honey, I'm going to sell the business. And I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but she immediately looked like she lost five years and was just 
very, very proud of me for, for making that decision because she knew it was what I wanted to do and what I needed to do. Uh, and so I did it uh, without <laughs> possibly putting a whole lot of thought into it. I just knew I had to do it. And so I just did it. And um, through the advice and guidance of a few other people that I, I came to know, uh, it worked out pretty well in, in the creation of my book, uh, the creation of the Smith Mover Certified Professional Accreditation Program and the network. And I realized it could have gone pear-shaped um, by not thinking it through as much as I could have before I made that decision to sell. But, but really, uh, everything is so much better because I just did it. Take action. I like it. Take action. Yeah. What music do you have on repeat in your car right now or your favorite band? Um, I'm a country man. JR Country. Nice. Wait, is, J, is JR Country, is that actually a band? No, it's a radio station out of Vancouver. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how much country. I, I like myself a country man <laughs> as well, but I don't listen. <laughs> not a radio <laughs> but man. But not a radio man. Yeah, that's right. Um, number four is anything that you're binge watching right now or a movie recommendation? Oh, um, well, we've done Ted Lasso twice. <laughs> you're, you're not uh, the done, first, you're more than one person on this show has said they've watched that show more than once. That's funny. It's a yeah. feel good show. Yeah, and and on on an almost daily basis, my wife is saying they haven't told us when they're coming out with the next season. Uh, uh, we we did uh, what was the one? What was the throne? The the oh Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I think we did that three times. Wow! Oh, wow! Well, I mean, are you that. watching the new one? Uh, you, Adam just texted me about it, saying it was. I'm four or five. Mind deep. blowing! It's uh, it's really good. We got half an episode in. Uh, and then, and then Heidi said, let's do Ted Lasso again. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, so it's, it's hard uh, to watch. To find it. I know where to find it. And we'll be putting it on again. And, and last but not least, uh, something that you've purchased for under $1,500 in the last few years that has had a positive impact on your life. Um, I, I you know what? It wasn't under 1500 bucks. I'm, I'm going to break the rules here, but it was my e-bike. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Heidi got an e-bike uh, and she said, give this a spin. So I took it for a spin. I, I almost immediately went out and got my own. Uh, and now I'm out on it almost every day. Um, whereas if I didn't have an e-bike, I probably wouldn't leave my my desk. So it's it's been fantastic. Yeah, that is a good one. I feel like I'm constantly thinking about almost buying an e-bike, but I think it's uh, it, it's got to be in the card soon because... I think I, 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 speaking personally, I bike to work occasionally, but uh, there's something about, about actually pedaling that, that makes me take my car. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're we're doing this interview over the phone, but uh, but it sounds like you've gained a bit of weight. Since yeah. you have that. So, uh, so Things are going to go pear shaped if Matt doesn't get a <laughs> get an eBay. They already have. <laughs> well, Robinson, how can uh, I know you're you're all over the internet, and of course uh, with your best selling book. But how can people find out more about uh, what what you're doing over at Smith Consulting Group? Yeah, step number one is smithman.net, S-M-I-T-H-M-A-N.net. We've got the book for sale there. We've got the Smithman Calculator. We've got the homeowner's course. But there's also a lot of stuff on there just to give you a preliminary understanding about the strategy and the various accelerators. Uh, and also on the media page. You know, you can watch as many hours as you want of me uh, sitting down talking about the strategy to, to someone across the country uh, to, to educate yourself on this further. And there's also, you know, once you've done your homework and, and uh, you know, you, you're relatively certain you want to undertake the strategy, there's there's a, a button on the website to locate uh, a Smith Maneuver Certified Professional we can put you in touch with. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today, Robinson. Well, it's been a pleasure, guys. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Robinson Smith, president of the Smith Consulting Group, best-selling author of Master Your Mortgage for Financial Freedom, and son to the guy who created it all, the Smith Maneuver, Fraser Smith. Really enjoyed that conversation with Robinson, Matt. Always great having him on the program. I always pick up a few uh, a few ideas, and it, it, you know, every time you have a conversation with him, the wheels start turning. 
I love the fact that they're educating um, mortgage brokers and people in finance about how to use the Smith maneuver. And uh, I think it's going to really just benefit overall uh, Canadians who, who want to tap into this, uh, this uh, you know, highly uh, beneficial strategy. Yeah, yeah. No one likes dead money. That's for sure. So, no, it was great having Robinson on the show. Adam, uh, one thing that we didn't talk about in the intro that we should have is you're living the Kokomo lifestyle down in uh, down Mexico way. We have these Kokomo, live in Kokomo Studios t-shirts uh, that we've been getting resoundingly positive feedback on. The quality is paramount. Sonia is currently, as she was last week, elf hat on putting t-shirts in the mail for loyal listeners. How can people find out more about how to get a t-shirt? Yeah, Matt. Um, well, the, the easiest way that people can get their hands on a shirt is follow us on Instagram at, at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Uh, share your favorite episode, tag us in it. We're going to try and get you a shirt while supplies last. I think we still have quite a few shirts left. We might, we have, although over the, over the holiday season, we might even leave the uh, t-shirt making machine on. So we might have yeah. some more in the future. <laughs> we might be having some some more coming. So uh, the feedback about these shirts has been very, very positive. Lots of people in the VRAP community are wearing them. I've been wearing mine down in, uh, what did you call it? Did you say Mexico? Mexico, uh, yeah. Down, yeah. Uh, down Kokomo way. Down, down Kokomo way, yeah. I've been, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, Jimmy Buffett and, uh, and shirts right now, so... That's, uh, uh, you should see, I've got like, uh, I was actually, this is, I was going to save this, but I might spoil the joke, but, uh, we're meeting you guys in late December in Colombia. That's right. And, uh, and, uh, I had, uh, bought some puka shells and a fedora and I was going to just show up and pretend that's how I, I dress now. (laughs) 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 Which would have been a dynamite joke, but I'm kind of ruining it here. Um. But uh, anyways, we'll see. It's a, a lot's changing down here in uh, in Kokomo. That's for sure. Uh, right on. So, so reach out uh, if you're interested in this shirt. Uh, Instagram's the best way, but just reach out. And uh, if you, what else do we have for the week? We have VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is our website where all things real estate related live, which by the way, includes a Vancouver commercial real estate podcast where Corey Wright just was named on the top 40 under 40 by Business in Vancouver, host of the Vancouver commercial real estate podcast. It's incredible. What an honor. No, I can't think of anyone who's... uh, more worthy of that title than Corey. It's kind of crazy. We, we've known Corey for years. Not that he looks older than 40. <laughs> I thought he was 40 a, when I met him. He's, he's just such an accomplished guy. You can't help but think he's older than he is. But uh, yeah, incredible. Uh, incredible that he was uh, that he was named by business in Vancouver for that achievement. And uh, yeah, congrats, Corey. So, so anyway, of course, the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast is at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, as is our back catalog, as is all things real estate related, including the Livewire. This is our weekly mailer where you get deal of the month, access to multiple new pre-sales. We're always swapping out for, for the new stuff and stats before anyone else, different types of stats. We also have, of course, private client services. Matt, if you're not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, stays on market. You basically get realtor-level information for free. It's available at your fingertips at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com slash PCS. You can sign up for your own free account. And Matt, what better time than right now to be monitoring the market where prices, the sale price doesn't often reflect the listing price. And you know what? We're actually starting to even see some multiples in some cases. I, so it might be going either way. But who the good knows? News that, yeah, the good news is that you can actually see and monitor and track, and uh, you're going to be better for it. I'll tell you, I just, uh, on the way in this morning, talked to a realtor uh, who she said she hasn't been in, uh, she hasn't written on a property in the last month, month and a half, where she hasn't been in multiple offers. It's just funny how that works, right? Uh, the good product moves. But uh, exactly. if you want to talk about that or anything else, give me a shout anytime, 778-847-2854 or matt at com.
Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We also got that Kokomo line info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. All right. Well, have a great week, guys. Another great episode coming next week. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Have a good week. 2,000 Faces for Radio. Subscribe today. 